Welcome back. My name is Kit Laser. And I'm Steve. That was weird. It made like a little beep noise. This is Streaming Things. We're continuing Mission Impossible Mondays, which is almost over. Because as you're listening to this, you're two days away from the premiere of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, the seventh installment that was delayed at least two times, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, due to the a pandemic and then time. other things. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, just an amazing feat of filmmaking. I hope all of you... Um, Agree with me on that, man. I'm just, I was, uh, true story. This is dumb, but I'm just being open with you guys. I'm, I'm, you know, I wouldn't say mentally unstable or unwell, but very emotional person. You Mm -hmm. know, I was watching, uh, the behind the scenes to fallout for this podcast and just for my own edification and fun. And there were parts where you like to party. Yes. (laughs) Christopher McQuarrie was talking about certain things, uh, like behind the scenes of the stunts and stuff. It moved me to tears. Really? The passion, what a nerd I am. I was crying doing dishes watching this stuff, like, because people are just so passionate about filmmaking. And like, even Tom, and there's a lot of weirdness with that guy with the Scientology and all that stuff that I I find it gross and kind of funny how easily we can all push that aside. (laughs) Whereas like, arguably smaller things about other stars, we just won't let go. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a culture, we just won't let them live it down ever. Like people don't forget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but Tom is just such a fucking Richard gear. We know you did with that gerbil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it's like, Tom is just such a fucking star and he's so passionate about filmmaking and the, the result that he produces is so entertaining that we're like, eh. So he's part of a cult that's probably killed who, dozens of people. Who among us have, haven't been part of a cult that have killed <laughs> dozens of people and make wives disappear. And I just think it's funny. But yeah, I mean, like these guys were talking about Tom enjoying the stunts. And in this movie specifically, like the, the halo jump is a big one. And the helicopter at the end is a big one. Uh, but also the... Uh, the place in fuck, I forget what it's called, but the the, the giant building in Paris that they end up. The Louvre. No, he has to jump into. It's like the Cirque du. There's the the, the traffic area. Oh, uh, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But then there's also the big building that they were in, um, which is a real historical place that they got permission to film. But uh, but did you know that he uh, learned how to fly a helicopter for I this did. movie specifically? Like he didn't know how to do that. He knew he knew how to fly jets. Um, but that's really him flying the chopper at the end of the movie. And he just yeah. like, we want to do it. We've, nobody else has ever had the star of the movie flying the stunt helicopter. Uh, and so he just, for two years learned how to fly a helicopter and got 10,000 hours of flight in or whatever, 2000 hours of flight in. Mm-hmm. And, but when you hear other actors talk about Tom Cruise, it's really heartening, right? Like, oh, he's so dedicated to his craft and he's, he's a producer on all these films as well. So he's doing double work. He's, you know, he's booking the locations and, and it's a lot of work. It's really, it's cool to see his passion. That's like cool, right? Mm-hmm. But when you hear a helicopter pilot talk about Tom Cruise and how fucking good of a helicopter pilot he is and how quickly he learned. Or when you find out that the the BMW in the middle of this movie, where it's like Henry Cavill, Simon Pegg, and someone else are in the back seat together, that that's Tom Cruise really driving that yeah. car. And then you hear other stunt drivers talk about how, like, I don't... That, I don't, takes, that takes entire lifetimes for stunt drivers to be able to do that, and he's I, doing it. I only know, like, five people in the world that can drive the way that he drives. And I'm a professional driver. Yeah. Like that, I was like crying 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this fucking psycho. <laughs> well, literally, like every single stunt that he does, especially in this movie, like takes two years or more for him to like do. Like you said, he trained for how many years to fly a plane? The halo jump took them like a year of practice to do. Yeah, they had to create a wind tunnel to just like choreograph it. Um, and that camera operator is more props to him than yeah. the fucking. They were, he's a fucking. He's got a red camera with an IMAX lens strapped to his helmet he's basically pulling focus well there's in actually, free fall well in free fall he's actually not pulling focus they actually designed a a thing that could it was it's a custom-made rig that they put on the camera that is automatically pulling focus Well, because tom had to stay three feet away from him and they knew like what it was he like practiced what it was like in frame the distance mm-hmm. wise and he would just mentally measure that yeah uh, but they talked about how he would have to like do something with the rig um, without being able to see, obviously, he doesn't have a monitor and he can't yeah, look at the viewfinder. He has no monitor. He can't tell what he's doing. But he's just like, by ex- I was pulling focus. The way he said it was like, I was pulling focus from experience. Like, I could just kind of feel it. And that's, you know, they, and so they did that. We'll talk about the halo jump when it happens in the movie. I just wanted to get it off my chest in the beginning of this that, like, you cannot stress enough the insanity of what they set out to do. And, like, it was not to be corny, but it was, in fact, an impossible mission to film this movie the way that they want to film it because they don't Tom is just wholeheartedly against quote unquote cheating the audience. He's like, mm-hmm. you can fucking tell that's his theory. You can just tell yes. if the actor didn't jump out of the helicopter, no matter how good the effects are, you, there's just like a, a, a grittiness to it. That's missing. You mm-hmm. can tell and, I agree. and you guys deserve it. And so I'm fucking jumping out of the helicopter. Right. And so he's literally in that scene where there's the payload at the bottom and he falls down the rope <laughs> bananas. He did that. Yeah. He fell from the in from fr- a helicopter in, in flight, free fell down yes. onto a, a roped thing. Yes. Meters below. And then caught himself. And Insane. then he did that five times so they could get the shot the way that he wanted to get it. And nobody else knew, like, there's a really, cr- this is where I started crying. because Maybe it's just because I love Rebecca Ferguson so much. <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson was down on the ground in that little camp, like the refugee type camp that they're in. It's supposed to be Kashmir, but it was actually New Zealand. Because um, Kashmir is a, a, a militarized zone. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. She's down in that camp and they're filming the chopper scene and she looks up. She sees Tom Cruise fall and she thought it was real. Like, and she screamed because she thought, and everyone on the ground was like, holy shit, Tom just died. Because <laughs> they didn't know, you know what I mean? They, they, yeah. It, from their perspective, he's just falling 100 feet and mm-hmm. like disappears. And yeah. they're just like, and she's screaming and stuff and like, the, the, the assistant directors are like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, it's just like a thing. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> uh, and I was like, just in tears thinking about, you know, I want other podcasters to be like, man, <laughs> Kit Laser, that fucking guy, that he, fucking guy. He's a passionate about pot. I don't know. He fell out of frame in the, in the, the live video feed. And I thought he fell and I thought he died. And yeah. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> so I, I feel like an idiot sitting here crying about Tom Cruise of all people, but I just, these people care about their craft. I, I, I just respect anybody. If you like, if you're obsessed with crocheting and you, and you want to talk for hours about the, the love and passion you have mm-hmm. for yarn. Uh, and if, if I can feel that from you, it'll, it just moves me. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. So Absolutely. That's what I got from watching special features on the Blu-ray of mission impossible fallout. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff though. <sighs> 
this movie came out in 2018. Uh, it took, f- you know, five years for this one. So it's, it takes a long time to make a Mission Impossible movie. Um, it was very successful. You'll find out at the end our official streaming things ranking so far. But I mean, this is considered by many people to be far and away the greatest Mission Impossible movie of great movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll find out if Steve feels that way. Uh, at the end of this, mm, I'm below leaning. two. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's no Mission Impossible two. And you're two days away from hearing our review of Mission Impossible seven: Dead Reckoning Part one. Yeah, we're the gonna, newest installment. We're gonna watch that tonight as you're listening to it. That's right, baby. We're yeah, going to the theater Monday. tonight, and we've got special guests for you: James and Anthony from the Raiders of the Lost podcast. Uh, will be on that show with us. And so that'll be a fun conversation with those fellas in the new movie. Those but good boys. If you've never listened to the show before, we're going to go to a, uh, through a play-by-play, scene-by-scene recap of Fallout as best we can, talk about some different tidbits and behind-the-scenes stuff, and then rank the MI's movies, the MI's movies at the end of this, the official streaming things ranking as it now stands. Mm. Mm. Can't wait. Can't I wait. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm excited, too. So far, we haven't even really disagreed. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, I thought when we originally pitched this segment idea, I thought there, it would lead to some, like, heated debates. Well, you wanted to put one before below two, but you kind of, like, deep down knew that was silly yeah. and caved immediately. And yeah. other than that, there's been no flack. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> right now, from worst to best, it's two, one, four, three. Five, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. And I think there's a possibility. I'll just I'll, actually I'll just spoil it. I'll let you know, so you can just think about it throughout this entire review. Okay. I already did my ranking on TikTok, and it is exactly the streaming things ranking. Really? Except we haven't done this one yet. I put Fallout at number one, like almost everyone does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, really, Rogue Nation, I think, is my favorite. I just kind of acknowledge that Fallout's a better movie. Okay. Uh, But I'm like, if I'm being fucking honest, I think I think Rogue Nation's my favorite. So so I think I would if I at the end of this, I'll probably argue that Fallout is one. But I I just want you guys to know that my heart of hearts. Can I ask what push what pushes Rogue Nation uh, above this one? Just for me, not that I think you're wrong. I think I just want to know. I think uh, there's so much more Ilsa Faust. Mm -hmm. I love that character. I think there's a little bit more comedy. Uh, it's not as funny as Ghost Protocol, but it's it's more fun. Like there's the uh, living manifestation of destiny. Like there's there's more <laughs> yeah. fucking um, what's his face? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. You know, it's, it's there's Jeremy Renner. You got the Rens. There's no Brant in Fallout. Exactly. But Fallout, I think, is the most emotional Mission Impossible movie since three. Yes. And the cool thing about Fallout is that it references the other five movies completely mm-hmm. throughout its runtime. It's like this kind of funny because it's like this denouement, Spider-Man No Way Home kind of thing. But then there's like more coming. So it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, like there's, there's references to two when he's climbing at the end yep, and the, the motorcycles. Uh, the obvious references to three, which yes. I appreciate that. I, I, I hate when serialized movies like this will set up like a relationship with a character and then in subsequent subsequent sequels that relationship just is neither heard nor seen from again yeah so i love that they actually know this relationship actually is still around it means something it's just had to change because of what ethan hunt does yeah they brought uh michelle monaghan back as Mm -hmm. julia to kind of wrap that up with a bow and it was very cool and so i think this is the most personal and emotional movie other than three 
Agreed. But I just think rogues uh, from, and that's why I put, I do like logically, I do put one or six at one. I just, I love Rogue Nation. Yeah. You know, that's the one I want to it's like watch. It's the inverse of me when it comes to one and two. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's just a cinematic travesty. <laughs> but let's dive in. You can email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can go to patreon.com slash streaming things if you want bonus episodes like this or if you just want to support the show. If you don't have any money, me neither. I totally get it. Just rate and review the show where you're money? listening to it. What's that? Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, uh, streamingthingspod.com. Yep. And find all of our other stuff and socials. That would be cool if you went there. All right. Mission Impossible Fallout. Incredible score. Dun, 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 bum, dun. Bum, this bum. is my favorite score of all the movies. It's a fucking incredible score. Yes. It slaps. Is that what we say? Oh, it, Dead ass? it fucks. Dead ass? <laughs> uh, we get. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Giacchino, right? Is no, it? I don't think so. Who is the composer for this? I didn't even look this it up. Is amazing. Uh, my note literally just says best score. Lorne Balf. Best score. It is the best score. <laughs> just, I, again, I don't know what those like snappy drums are that they're using throughout this movie, but yeah. like something about those snappy drums mm-hmm. lends I think that's itself. That's the professional term. Yeah, snappy drums lends itself so well to chase movies. Yeah. And this movie is just constantly moving at a clip. There's constantly a chase. Oh, we got to get this thing. Oh, it's not that. Oh, we got to go here. So this, these people don't find us. Oh, now we're that they're there. Oh, we got to make a plan. And, we, and they're constantly moving. And even though this is like the longest runtime of any of the movies, it, it just goes and goes and goes and goes and does not stop. It moves at a clip. And the, the score helps that so much. Cause again, like it, it feels espionage. It feels kinetic. It feels alive. And they use the the past scores, um, of course, the obvious like dun dun the main dun, theme. dun dun. But then there's the the uh, there's another there's like a a main theme side B that I think was introduced in the third movie that they use a lot in here. Yeah, Jaquino's action. Yeah, yeah, and I, I cannot say enough good things. I I've, I'm looking up Lorne Balfe's uh, other uh, composer credits, and it looks like he's. He's been doing. He's been working a lot recently. He did Ghosted, Tetris, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Ghosted, uh, one of the best movies of the year. His Dark Materials, Black Adam, mm, uh, another one. Yeah, another great one. Man versus B. Don't know what that is, but that's a. Oh, Ambulance. He did Ambulance. Oh, Ambulance. Yeah, that's actually an underrated movie. That movie slaps. Uh, another wedding nightmare. This time, because uh, he has these a lot. <laughs> It's another wedding, but it's a nightmare. So he's, he's having this vision of a wedding officiated by Solomon Lane, right? Even you should have killed me. Also, do you promise to yeah. always live a life of fear, always looking over your shoulder and not getting the benefits of being with him because he's always gallivanting across the world? Statistically, most marriages end in divorce. <gasps> it's terrible. What did you say? <laughs> stop it. Stop it right now. So Ethan wakes from this nightmare in Belfast, grasping his gun. Uh, he gets a, a delivery. A delivery man arrives with a coded message, uh, something about the storm. And then he, he, I am the storm. So good. <laughs> and then he gets a book. It's Homer's Odyssey. 
reference there to what the what they're this this movie's about. Uh, and inside there's this little machine that like, takes his blood to, to verify his identity and deliver the message. The message is that the syndicate is still wreaking havoc without Solomon Lane's help. The apostles are the remnants of the syndicate and they're, they're essentially uh, terrorist for hire. They've, you know, they've unleashed smallpox on communities and they're led by a man named John Lark. Um, and he's recently met a guy named Nils Delbruck, who's a Norwegian nuclear specialist. John Lark, another Ilsa Faust level on the nose name. No, super <laughs> hidden meaning. Uh, and there's three nukes that they're trying to get. They, they still need the plutonium, but they're going to they're going to set off three nukes all around the world. So his mission is to prevent the apostles from obtaining the plutonium. So next we go to Berlin. Benji and Ethan and Luther are all together. They're waiting for somebody Benji's nervous. They're trying to buy plutonium off of the mm-hmm. black market. Uh, Luther's in the van telling him to quit being a bitch. Oh, you want to be in the field, didn't you? I want to yeah, be in the van with you right now. I would like to be in the van on this particular mission, mission please. Thank you. <laughs> but then, what, a, what, a, what a great journey for that character, Benji. Starting off as a desk jockey. Now he's out in the field all the time. Yeah, it's almost like Simon Pegg wrote that arc for himself. <laughs> Yeah, just more and more for me to do each movie. That's weird. I still love that uh, quote from Simon Pegg before Mission Impossible Three got made. Someone because he was it was when Simon Pegg was starting to get like more acting gigs. He was becoming more and more popular, and so I forget what the actual question was, but his answer was something along the lines of like, "It's not like I'm going to ever be in Mission Impossible." Like referencing that he's a nerdy guy, yeah, and he wouldn't be in an action movie, and now here he is. Looking trim. One of the very best parts. Trim. And he legit is one of the best parts of the franchise. And do you know that we're going to. Somebody said, uh, I'd never heard this before. Maybe I did and just forgot it. But they said that he was, uh, Ricky Gervais was originally supposed to play Benji. Barf. And he dropped out. (laughs) And it was Simon Pegg instead. And like, what an alternate universe fuckery that would have been. Oh, my God. Can you imagine this movie? But. Ricky Gervais is walking around like, ah, oh, God's not real. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just being a prick. <laughs> yeah, who would ever say something like that <laughs> in a public forum? <laughs> what a dick. Uh, so all the power in Luther's van goes out. Um, we see a gun to his head. And then we cut to, you know, uh, a voice talking about flipping a coin, right? Luther's not responding. All the sellers uh, get shot out of nowhere because they're like, hey, what's up? Give me the money. I don't know. They're not from New Zealand, but I wish that everybody was at all Give times. Give us the money, Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the nihilists. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's the apostles, right? And Benji uses his remote-controlled car to try to pick up Ethan, which is a really cool gadget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the apostles I, have Luther. I, I did, sorry. I did like this line where th- this buyer or seller the guy that's they're trying to get the utonium from plutonium yeah um he says like you know i've been doing this for i survive in this business and i've been doing it for years because i have a little voice in my head and it tells me things that uh about people you tell your voice to flip a coin yeah and the, the whole thing, he's like i my voice doesn't tell me anything about you that's us and he's like well tell your voice to flip a coin like oh that's a pretty badass line yeah it's a good retort yeah. and you know macquarie is a is directing and writing mm-hmm um, and he comes up with some zingers. I really appreciate his work for sure. Um, but the apostles have got Luther. Fucking Luther's always in trouble, I feel like. Uh, he is the least mobile of the crew, as Steve pointed out in one of the movies that we reviewed. 
And he, so he has to choose between the plutonium and one of his crew. And that's the through line throughout all of these movies, but especially Fallout, is that Ethan will not sacrifice one man to save millions. He mm-hmm. won't. He just can't. It's not in him to do that. I think um, it's going to be a through line in the Dead Reckoning, too. I saw it in the trailer. Yeah, because yeah. there's a trail in the trailer of Dead Reckoning. Ving Rhames is like, no, you have to be able to like let one of us die. I can't. And I love that it's it in comes the contract. From Luther. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he shoots Luther in the chest. Hoping he's wearing a vest, which he is. Um, and then they, they all kind of look at each other. Everybody gets away. And it, why aren't we dead? Yeah, why aren't we? Right? Because like it would be. And I like this movie always kind of fixes plot holes as soon as they crop up. Mm-hmm. All of these Mission Impossible movies do. Because as soon as you're like, I mean, why wouldn't he just. Yeah, how do you, why do you do that? The uh, characters address it. And you're like, oh, maybe there's more to be revealed. Uh, but the plutonium is gone. Somebody was a real sneaky boy while they were picking Luther up. So we cut to, uh, they're in a hospital, and it looks like the, the Wolf Blitzer's on the news saying that Rome, Jerusalem, and Mecca have all been nuked. This has been a terrible tragedy. We're cut to live now. And he's very calmly announcing that billions are dead. Billions have died. <laughs> We're going live to this other city where billions more are dead. Uh, and it's all for Delbrook's benefit, right? Um they're asking him about John Lark. They're playing good cop, bad cop. Him and Ethan and Luther are. This isn't who we are, Ethan. Don't beat him up. I'll give you the passcode to my phone if you read my manifesto, which is not his manifesto. It's written by John Lark, right? But it's their their club's yeah. manifesto. It's got a great um, line, like, the greater the peace, the greater the suffering. Yeah, there is no peace without great suffering. The greater the suffering, the greater the peace. Mm-hmm. By the way, my peace is pretty great. Call me. Something like that. But I'm a, also pretty sufferable. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird manifesto. <laughs> Insufferable. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just got a little taken out that Luther can't hack an iPhone, but he can hack into like Langley because they just want the passcode to the phone. <laughs> I can't fucking figure it out, man. Tim Cook's a fucking genius. Oh no! <laughs> if I try two more times, we'll lose access forever. It's the blockchain. <laughs> um, that so, is kind of a good point. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck. This is the whole, but anyway, I like that they're I doing this. I can't attach my keyboard to this, Ethan. I can't hack. <laughs> so they, a Blackberry could have done. They read the manifesto. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer reads the manifesto. The guy thinks he's won, but it was all a ruse. Yeah. We fucking got it, Ethan. And the, the walls fall down. There's no da, hospital. Da, da. And Wolf Blitzer was Benji. He finally got to wear a mask. Got to wear a mask. Such a good moment. Dun, dun. These movies are are always in this movie. I think there's like 12 of these moments in this particular movie where the bad guy thinks he's won. And then it's like, ha ha reveal. We are very smart. Well, yeah, the, the biggest one of those is in rogue nation with, you know, when Solomon's in the box, I think is one of yeah. those great ones, but this is a great moment. Yeah. I, uh, I love, and this is also a good callback to the first movie as well. Cause the first movie opens up with them having a staged, um, Remember when Emilio Estevez is watching that TV show that we, you think is a TV yeah. show, but really it's a stage like set where they think a, they make a guy think he killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's a good callback to that because it's like the same exact plan, but with more Wolf Blitzer. And uh, Ghost Protocol because Benji gets to wear the mask. It's like a really subtle thing that he was the one that was mm-hmm. Wolf. Um, really neat. Really well done. But then do you know where we cut to? Where do we cut to? Oh, shit. We went to Rammstein Air Base. God damn it. You queued that up just to make a Rammstein joke. I did. It's, it's Rammstein Air Base. You weren't laughing thinking, do, do Haas when you're watching a movie? Do Haas, Rick. Yeah. 
No? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I saw that. If you clocked it, that's what it was called? Yeah. No, it was Rammstein Air Base. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's what that whole hullabaloo was for that joke. But Ethan is with uh, Secretary Hunley. Um, Talking about Alana Mitsopoulos, Lark, and the White Widow. Right, the White Widow is one of the new awesome characters that we're we are introduced to, um, and he, you got to go get the plutonium. Right, you got two hours to find Lark, and I love this speech. It, it could be ham fisted to you or some of the audience. I'm not sure, but it really hit me. I liked it from Alec Baldwin's delivery. It's like you chose the team, mm-hmm. right? And he's not yelling at him though. He's like, you think some he says some flaw deep in your makeup. Some people see it as a weakness. It is your greatest strength. Right. And coming from a character who fucking hated Ethan at first and just learned to respect his manifestation of destiny powers. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought it carried some weight emotionally. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Oh, I 100 percent agree, because like you said, this is he was a unknowing antagonist in the last film, Alec Baldwin's Hunley. And to see how far that relationship has come. And he's like, yo, man, like you literally think about everybody else so that I don't have to like, I'm a big picture guy. And so I can rely on you to think of the, the people that might get rolled over because so right. much of the, the antagonists of this movie are the result of that style of thinking. Like that's the job, that style of thinking like you, the spies, the people out in the field, they're all expendable by their governments. And so they're all now jaded yeah. and joining this, this uh, organization that wants to topple down the, the world order. Right. And so Ethan hunt in his style is the most healthy style in this in all these movies, even though a lot of people be like, oh, you'd rather chain, trade 10,000 people for one. Well, no, Ethan Hunt isn't going to trade anybody for anything. He's always going to try to save everybody, no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's his greatest strength. And also Angela Bassett, another incredible addition oh to the cast. God. So again, I haven't seen this movie since I first saw it in like 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot that Angela Bassett was Sloan. So when she came walking on the frame, I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah, and she Hell yeah, it. queen. She is so good. One of the most legendary uh, screen presences of all time, I think. And she's with Henry Cavill, the nerd's f- favorite blockbuster hero. Can I just say something? Shut him down. Yeah. Henry Cavill sure. can get it. Yeah. In this movie, that like mustache, but like beard coming stubble. in yeah. combo. The legendary mustache. Dude. Remember what happened with that thing? What? That he was filming. Oh, the yeah, he was filming this and like had to go back and do research for Justice League. Yeah. And they had to digitally remove his mustache because he couldn't, he couldn't shave it off because he was filming this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about it's that one controversy. Of the worst things about the Whedon cut is that fucking digital face that Superman has. Yeah. It looks so bad. It's because of this mustache. And you know yeah. what? Fair trade. I would still. Right call. Oh, yeah. Right call. I would fuck that movie. This movie gets a mustache. I've never wanted a mustache ride so badly in my life. Mm, Not since Rick Rude, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he looks great. And, you know, she's telling him, you know, shut him down, right? She works at the CIA. She says, you know, the IMF is Halloween. Laughing at the IMF, right? His name is Agent. Grown men in masks. Terrible. His name is Agent Walker. He works for Special Activities, which is the group that, if you'll recall in in Rogue Nation, uh, that Hunley was going to send to kill Hunt when they found him. He said, fuck it. I'm using Special Activities. Yeah. So that's what Walker is. Because Hunley was in charge of CIA, and now uh, Sloan is in charge of CIA. Yes. And he and Walker is a CIA boy. My notes are, the mustache. But one of the best lines uh, to introduce Cavill is, I think it comes from Angela Bassett's, but she 
Walker is the hammer to the scalpel that is Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Right? I love that they immediately set these two up as uh, opposite, like yeah, diametrically e- opposed. equals, but diametrically opposed yeah. at the same time. And it's the the way that this relationship carries throughout the episode. Because, you know, spoiler alert, Walker's like the bad guy. He's John Lark. He's John Lark. Not only is he working for like the apostles, which is pretty predictable, he is the bad guy. You yeah. Know? All, all, arguably more than Solomon Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solomon Lane just wants revenge. He literally at this point Walker just wants, wants to, to shit on Ethan. Yeah. And- <laughs> I just want to shit on him. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of I didn't Taco even Bell. really put it together how good the writing is in this movie until the rewatch this week. Uh, like I love this movie the first time through, but he has set it up to where everybody is close to the bomb and he has set it up like he like Solomon Lane is smarter than John Lark. He just has the, his only motive is to piss Ethan off. Yeah. So at the end of this movie, when the bo- the two bombs are about to go off. It's part of his plan that Ethan is chasing John Lark in the helicopter. That's how smart Solomon Lane is. That's what we're supposed to believe. But his wife, all of his best friends, and even himself, Solomon Lane, are about to die so that there will be no one for Ethan to even be mad at in his grief. So, yeah. like, Solomon dying in that blast is part of the plan to even further fuck Ethan over. And the fact that Ethan's going to survive is part of the plan so he can be alive to suffer. Yeah. Uh, and that's his whole plot mm-hmm. is to, like— Set all this up just to shit in his coffee. Yeah. He's the king of pettiness. He's orchestrated that his wife be on site. You know what I mean? Like it's so. So we, we I want to take a sidebar on this recap. Yeah. Real quick. Real quick. Because we were gushing so much. Gushing. Uh, uh, Mission Impossible 3. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Amazing villain. Oh, yeah. Solomon Lane overtake him. I uh, over think, two movies? I think he does. Mm-hmm. Not performance-wise, because I will die on the hill that Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman is probably the, the best to ever do it. He's the be- He's probably the best actor in all the movies. All yeah. these movies, yeah. I mean, like, of acting, I'd put him up there. Yeah. He's on the Rushmore for me, for sure, sure. of all time. Yeah. But I do think, like, the... the <sighs> we get so much more with Solomon Lane. Mm-hmm. We understand him so much better. Yes. Uh, he's a, a... He's a, a captivating actor with a great voice. He's an agent. He's an Ethan Hunt who worked too long and got jaded, right? And just it got radicalized by uh, mm-hmm. being a pawn. Um, so, yeah, you understand him a lot more. Right. But so, yes, I think Solomon Lane is, is up there with uh, one of the greatest villains of all time. Continuing the sidebar. Okay. August Walker... Played by Henry Cavill, sure. Also a great villain. Oh, he's phenomenal. So it's it's nuts to have like you go through the, the whole pantheon of Mission Impossible films, and then in this movie you have maybe the best villain of the whole entire series, and like a close second or third. Yeah, and Walker because he's he is good in this movie. Cavill crushes it. He crushes it, and I love the idea that like the as, as soon as you see him, you're like that dude sucks, and then within five minutes you're like that guy's a bad guy. Five minutes later, still a bad guy. And then as the movie progresses, it's just like, yeah, he's the bad guy. I love that they didn't try to like do this big reveal. Like, ah, oh, just kidding. He's, 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 he's this, I don't know. There's more to him. He's actually good. No, I love that they're like, that guy sucks. No, he gets worse and worse. He, if anything. And he just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's one of those, it's, it's, it's a rare example of like what is obvious and what is expected isn't necessarily the wrong path to go down. Cause there's this knee jerk, like, oh, people will respect that. Let's do a, Let's throw a wrench into things and maybe do something that's not as believable. But this, I think, is like the perfect way to execute. Like, 
you see this coming the entire time, but and you kind of just want Tom Cruise to punch his face in the whole movie. Yes. And it, it's very effective and it works so well. Yeah, I think it's like Batman. Like Mission Impossible just has really fucking good villains, you know? Like to, Except for four. Yes. <laughs> and two. Yeah, well. I know you love Doug Gray Scott. I know you were gagging for it. <laughs> I was not <laughs> gagging for what it. Who was, was Doug Gray Scott's buddy into? I don't remember. That dude was a better dude villain. Dude that was in love with him. Got yeah. his finger cut with a cigar cutter. That dude was a better villain. Which, by the way, it was a plot point. He should have never done that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah, he's the hammer. Ethan's the scalpel. Um, so, we, so we learn that the White Widow has spies in every level of government, right? So the plan is to steal Lark's identity, much like the plan at the Burj Khalifa, and meet with her as Lark and figure out what's going on, get the plutonium, right? Um, and, and Ethan knows August Walker. He knows his reputation. He's gunned down every apostle agent he's ever found so that they can't get any information from him. He's too blunt, right? He is a hammer, yes, but it's not effective. Ethan doesn't like his style at all, right? So they suit up for the halo jump. And what a halo jump is, do you know what a halo jump is? Yeah, it's like uh, a giant ring that floats in space. And there's the flood. No, it's and an Xbox a Chief. game. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it's a very high jump where you pull your chute at a very low altitude. So it's a double whammy. Mm-hmm. It's called a double whammy in the industry. Uh, so you jump off. <laughs> Legit? Ju- yeah. You jump out at like 30,000 feet. I'm going to do a double whammy today. You don't pull your chute to like 2,000 feet. That's what a halo jump is. Um, and they actually got permission from not just, not just the U.S. Air Force, but like the the fucking Saudi Arabian government, somebody to use this like jumbo military plane. And they had to use two different planes. Uh, they did the halos jump in three sections. So there's the, that's how many times they had to jump out of this plane. I think it was like 162 times that Tom Cruise jumped out of this plane. Just uh, for filming. Yes. Not, not, not even not counting training. like training. He had to get thousands of hours of jumping to be allowed to do this on his own. Yeah. Um, and there's so many like um, hy- uh, hypoxia, is that what it's called? Oh, when the the blood in, or the oxygen in your blood is, yeah. isn't working, they, that going was a, to your head, right? That was a risk. So they had to sit on the ground and breathe pure oxygen for 30 minutes between each jump. And the actual filming of this, they were they had to shoot only during golden hour. So there's yeah. only like 30 minutes, an hour tops of like good enough light to get this shot. And then, of course, they got to fly up there. Um, and so they had like a 10 minute warning about when they were going to finally about to jump all that stuff. It's crazy. So there's, but this was done in three sections. So the initial jump where Walker like pulls out his oxygen and he jumps out after him, that's one. And then all the way from that point until he slams into Henry Cavill to like capture his unconscious body. That's another shot. So they had like a stunt guy pretending to be unconscious. And when Tom Cruise got to him and grabbed him. They'd be like, cut, we got it, fuck yeah. Um, and if you watch the, I highly recommend you watch the special features because it's really cool, like watching them work to try to get this shot and then watching the dailies each day. And then when they finally got it after like the 38th jump or whatever, and them all jumping up like, fuck yeah, you know, because yeah. what they're doing has never been done before. No, and, um, it's, and it's really hard, like the act of using your body to like directing your body towards another person falling and then grabbing onto them in free fall, that's like a ridiculously hard thing to do. Very hard. Yeah. And it's dangerous. Very dangerous. Because they're going so fast that like if their heads hit, they would both be unconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the, one of the times that I started crying was like this, uh, this young lady was floating off camera, off frame, and she was there to save their lives. 
if so they're like, they knocked into each other and went unconscious or something like that. And, and just hearing her talk about like how dangerous it is and how, you know, it just, it just choked me up. Cause it's like, they don't have to fucking do that. Like yeah. Tom Cruise, I know the Scientology thing, let's just push that aside. Cause, and it's hard. I get it. It's weird that I even just said that, but let's push that aside. <laughs> the man could easily be like, I'll be in my trailer. He's fucking Tom Cruise. He doesn't yeah. have to jump out of this plane. He man does not have to. one now. He is so fucking rich. He, he, I, I firmly believe everything else about him is weird. I firmly believe he truly gets some kind of innate spiritual joy out of like entertaining people. I really do. You know what I mean? Like he wants to make some shit nobody's or, ever seen before. Or being in life and death situations get him closer to Xenu. And he's like all about that. <laughs> that could be true. But anyway, that's the Halo jump stuff. It's crazy. There's a storm brewing and uh, Ethan doesn't want to jump anymore. He's like, we got to pick up a new plan, right? Yeah. This is my one thing I don't like about this stunt because the stunt's amazing. Yeah. It's so incredible that they did this. I don't like that they put like a digital storm in. That's the thing that bums me out. It's about only for a shot. second. It's for a second, but then it's a lot the of the mechanism it, by which to uh, uh, get uh, Walker unconscious, though. Yeah. No, I understand why it's there. Yeah. What else would you do? I don't know that he's an idiot and can't figure out his he mask. Just hits his head on the plane on the way down and slips. Or like Ethan's like, hey, you forgot your oxygen. He's like, don't, don't eat need it, it, nerd. <laughs> I played football for yeah, state. And then almost... he jumps off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would work just as well, probably, huh? But I, like, I, I just don't. Because this is such a neat and impressive and incredibly great stunt they're doing that I almost feel like the adding a digital storm that they're flying through in takes away from it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. And I assume the ground they're falling towards is also fake as well. Like they're not actually above Paris or, you know, I don't know. I don't know where they did the jump. I'm sure like I'm sure if you look not. at the real ground, it's not Paris. It's like a field or something. A, a cell, yeah. Into. Like an airfield. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would imagine. But, I, I, for me, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think the storm. I never at once at any point was like the fucking lightning's fake as shit. Like it never occurred to me. It didn't. And it's only it's so quick because they get through the storm within two seconds. Yeah. It's just a mechanism by which to knock out Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have that tough character decision of Ethan saving him and realizing he's John Lark at the end. So you should just let him fall to his death. That's the whole point of it. Right. Um, but I do see your point. I've seen the side by sides of and I'm sure you have. Of like the actual jump versus the 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 storm edited in, it looks fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it looks better, but they didn't like color colorize it and stuff, I guess. But Walker like pulls Ethan's oxygen out because he's trying to be a bitch about the storm in his opinion, and he just wants to buy himself a few extra seconds. Yeah. Like, it's all right, me. nerd. Yeah, this is a petty state. move. <laughs> uh, but then lightning strikes. Walker's tumbling. Ethan saves him, uh, plugs his own oxygen into his mask. And, when, and then when he lands, he's looking around and Walker just lands and was like, you lost your oxygen. And now he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's such a dick. He doesn't even like admit that he like passed out or anything. He just he must have passed out, woke up and like, oh, that was cool. That yeah, was, that was good timing. That was a quick trip. Whew. It's like when you go to sleep on a flight and you're like, damn, awesome. I'm here already. Yeah, right on. <laughs> I'm a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's party time. They got to go in the club to find John Lark and they're going to use an RFID. This club is bumping. Yeah, didn't you want to party? I'm not a partier Holy anymore. Holy shit, there's so much LSD in that place. I wanted to party. Yeah, I wanted to get the glow sticks and do the like... Oh, yeah. Stick stance. Oh, people yeah. Do and the finger weird. gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's different light on each finger and you can trip people out. 
Anything like that would have been fun. And the location was super cool too. And I love how there's like an insane club party, but then also there's like a basement where like the rich and famous hang out. Lifestyles of the, the rich, rich and, and the famous. famous. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the aesthetic yeah. was like vastly different. I like that those two worlds can cross. Yeah, like, you know the people in the, the the White Widow's bar were like, the music is terribly loud up there, darling. Mm. Mm. It's I like all eyes wide shut where she is. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they finally find that John Mark, who they think is John Mark, is in the bathroom. Um, this is one of the most iconic scenes in this movie. There's so many of those, but we get the bathroom scene. Lark kicks their ass, kind of right. Yeah, I don't know uh, who this Lark, this, this fake Lark guy, faux Lark. Well, I think, and like, this is another thing I picked up on this rewatch, which is obvious in retrospect. Um, when he frames Ethan to Angela Bassett's character, um, what's her name? Erica Sloan. Yeah, he says like he hired a guy to be. That's what he like, did. Yeah, that's he 100% hired what that he John did. Mark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know who he hired because that guy can go. Yeah, he's awesome. He, he's hand whipping both of their. He's he's mopping Agent Walker, and they're both so very hard to beat up. You know, but Walker ends up hitting him with the computer and knocking him out, but also breaking the computer so that they can't use the mask technology. Um, and then dudes come in and think they're in there fucking and making fun of them, uh, <laughs> which is just a, a funny and weird touch. Thinks they're making love. Uh, but then he wakes up and beats their asses again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when we get one of the most iconic shots in the movie. Henry Cavill cocking his arms, reloading yeah. the arms, rolling up his sleeves, cocking the arms. He's ready to, to play. And I think Cavill just kind of did that. And I've heard him talk about it, but it's been the years uh, and it's it's iconic. Yeah, because that's not like a scripted thing or something he was told to do. He just did it. I think he probably does it because of his sleeves to like get his sleeves kind of stretched out enough to where he can do the punches. He's been talked to. He intentionally did. He's like, I didn't have a gun, but I knew the guy was his his weapon. His hands are weapons. And I just thought it'd be funny if he like reloaded them. That's sweet. Uh, And it works. It definitely works works so much. It's such a small touch. but It's fucking rad. But Ethan's about to die. He, he loses this fight with John Lark. Let's be clear. Uh, but then the guy gets his fucking head blown off by Ilsa Faust out of nowhere. <gasps> Ilsa. He's like, I need a face to make a mask. <laughs> yeah, that guy doesn't have a face anymore. What uh, does she shoot him with? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But now he's going to play that I hope they never met game again that he played in Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to go meet the White Widow. Hopefully she doesn't know what John Lark looks like. Uh, and I think it's Ilsa and Ethan that make this joke. I wrote it down, but I don't remember who, but I loved it. But it, it's something, he says something like, so you're just hoping like that's not a plan. And then Ilsa, I think says, you must be new. You must be new here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. That's, most of our plans are based a lot on hope. I love the meta humor. But yeah, he's going to, he's going to do that, but he doesn't know why Ilsa's there. He keeps asking her, what are you here? And she's being very cagey yeah. about her purposes for being there. And it's like, I don't care. You don't ask Rebecca Ferguson why she's here. You just praise the Lord that she is here. Oh, oh my God. Long time, Elsa. <laughs> what you been up, girl? I don't even care. I'm so glad to see you. You came to this party, too? I, you make me want to drown again. <laughs> so you could save me. I can't go into swimming pools without thinking of you. <laughs> Elsa joins Ethan going to see the White Widow. And she tells him, hey, be careful. People are here to kill Lark. And they're going to kill you thinking you are Lark. If you impersonate Lark, you see what I'm saying? And he's like, I don't care. I got to do what I got to do, baby. That tracks. That tracks. Uh, and then we see the White Widow giving her speech. She's, you know, she's a philanthropist giving to charity, but also like an international arms dealer. No big deal. 
uh, they, the widow and her, and he talked Played by Vanessa Kirby. It is Played Vanessa her. Kirby. And he convinced, she's, great. He, she's so good. And she's going to be in dead reckoning. I know. I'm so excited about that. Oh, did you know, I don't know if this is a spoiler. It's in the trailers, but I, I didn't put two and two together who this person was Four. in the trailer. Did you, did you realize that one of the, like Kittredge is coming back in dead reckoning? Kittredge from one? Yeah. No. That dude's in the, I think he's, he looks older now because it's been however many years, years since the first movie, but 25 years. The guy who played Kittredge playing Kittredge. Like oh, he's wow. Like, yeah, the world's coming after you, Ethan. I think it's that guy. I didn't know that, but I noticed Brant's not in it again. I'm very sad. He's going to drop Brant for no reason. Give me my Brant. I, I want my Brant. I need my Raisin Brants. You keep bringing back Luther. I want my Brant. <laughs> oh, I mean, keep, I love Luther. Keep, keep bringing back I'm Luther. just saying, like, you know. The family's gone. Shimon. You can't, you, you're not giving us Declan. You're not giving us Maggie Q. No. Bring us. They just act us, like Declan never happened. We need our Raisin like, We Brants. saw Tudors. Never, never again. So uh, they talk and he convinces her that her life is in danger. There's a really cool cat and mouse back and forth with him and the widow. Uh, and he's like, look around. Bunch of shady motherfuckers in here, ain't there? And she's like, hmm. They're good, not being very inconspicuous. Good thing I have a knife in my garter. And he's like, what? And he, <laughs> he like gulps. Uh, Mommy? And then he like kills all the assassins on the way out, which is I think is an incredibly cool scene. Um and then when they get to the widow's house, her house is loaded up. Bunch of scary dudes and weapons in there. And it's revealed that he has to break out Solomon Lane in exchange mm. for the plutonium. That is the price. Yeah. What a conundrum. He's like, I thought I was going to pay you money and for this plutonium. Nope. You got to nope. do us a favor. You work on freelance commissions, sir. Well, she's just the, the broker. Right. She has no stake in either side. She's just her buyer or her seller. Their fee is Solomon Lane for the plutonium that they have, and yeah. she's the mediary. Um, but she secretly works for the CIA, we find out later. Boom, what, boom, plot thickens. Yeah, and then they lay out this plan of how they're going to break him out. Uh, I think her brother is the one that is like, yeah. like kind of leading the charge, and it involves killing a lot of police officers <coughs> yes. and agents and stuff. We're just going to kill everybody. This is my plan. And there's this really great scene where you think it's actually happening, where you know Ethan Hunt's going to shoot an actual like police it's like officer, a, and it's really sad. It's like Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> yes, but oh, dream sequence. Yes. No, no, no. Dude, Ooh, dude didn't get his head ripped off. It's okay. <sighs> Carlisle? Come on, Steve. I know, well, I've actually never seen his that name movie. is Carlisle. So. Stop. Is that the Civil War dude? No. No, okay. <laughs> anyway. He's a doctor. Oh, so forgive me. Forgive me. I didn't know doctors couldn't be Civil War dudes. <laughs> <laughs> he was alive during the Civil War, but he was not a Confederate soldier. Oh, but one of them was, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I thought I remembered that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was all a dream. And then there's this really great time where they're like, well, oh, the great Lark has, a, has problems killing cops. And he's like, oh, I don't have a line. I kill kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kill women With and children. Smallpox. And I don't give a fuck. A cab. <laughs> and, then, and then the widow's like, okay. That's a weird thing to say. I mean, what, sh cool, my yeah. guy. What do you want? Do you think that's cool? You know he left the room and they're like, the fuck was that about? Yeah, it's so weird. Should we even hang out with him? He's got smallpox. He kills kids. I'm not inoculated. <laughs> you might have it. 
Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward is not always clear. Like you never know. Sometimes I used to sell cars for a living and I hated that job, but I made good money. I was able to buy a house. I was gone from my family all the time. I would podcast whenever I could. I didn't get to see many movies. I worked every Thursday night. It was terrible, but I was like, I got to do this. I got stuck in the middle-class grind where I was like, hey, this is what's right for my family, me to be miserable. We feel like we're stuck. We don't know what to do. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, sometimes in a relationship or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And like I said, I had to have a lot of practice and it was talking through that stuff with someone else that helped me. And that's why you could find a therapist using BetterHelp that meshes with your values and the way that you see life in that perspective. And they can talk you through in a way that you find valuable and that you understand. So you can do it entirely online, get matched with a therapist like this that you enjoy, that you find value in. And if you find that it's not working, you can switch at any time. It's extremely easy to switch it. So just think about that. Think about how close you are to finding a therapist to better your entire life. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. And then we get like a, <laughs> Don't take any blankets from him. By the way, it was like the, <laughs> oh, and it was like a, it was like heat, like that fake dream sequence. Uh, it's like a musical heat. I liked it. The fake heist. Uh, I have no line. But then we cut to um, Erica and Walker screaming, uh, screaming, planning. Can't spell America uh, without Erica. That's right. And Walker's claiming Hunt is Lark. How many times has he been disavowed? It's a crazy, often plot point. She's like, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what building they're on, but I mean, this is this is also the most beautiful Mission Impossible movie, especially the do the end. Yes. So <sighs> I mean, and this this scene in particular with Sloan and Walker. I don't know where they are, but you can see like the Eiffel Tower in the background, and it's like. How else would you know you're in France? It's true. Like, if you can't see that, you could be anywhere. But it's just so beautiful. Or King's I, Island. I, I love the big wide shot. Yeah, they're in King's Island. But you see, like, face off behind them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the beast. Yeah, I don't know where they are. But I love the big wide shots where two people are just, like, conniving, like, doing spycraft shit. Yeah. In wides. Love it. Give it to me. It's uh, gorgeous. And Christopher McQuarrie, when they asked him to direct Fallout... He said um, that he really liked that the whole shtick of Mission Impossible was that there's a different director each time. And so he's like, so when they asked me to come back a second time, I told them the only way I'll do it is that same way. I'm not going to do it in the style of Rogue Nation. I'm going to still keep the uh, the trend of, of, of a whole different, different vibe for each movie, even though, oh, that's the, awesome. even though I'm the same guy. Because this is, does feel like a different it's movie. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll I think see. he's successful in that. When they asked him back a third time, he was probably just like, at this point, I just, I this just, is fucking awesome. I, I just love doing this. Um, uh, so, yeah, he says um, that he has the phone that was found on John Lark's body. And I love the reveal of that. It's very subtle. It trusts the audience that if you looked at earlier, they lingered on it and it was cracked and broken. This cell phone that he's handing her is completely uncracked. So you know that it's not the real phone. If you're yeah. paying attention at all, it's great stuff. 
Uh, so we cut to Just being e- sus. Yeah. We cut to Ethan planning the heist, planning for the heist. Walker's asking about Lane saying, oh, is it true that he did this? Is it true that he did that? And Ethan's like, yeah, anything. You, if, if it makes your skin crawl, if it makes your dick soft, it's probably true. And <laughs> I do a lot of things that make dick soft. <laughs> Watch me put this hula hoop on and die. <laughs> is this working for you? No, exactly. Good. Ethan. My speciality, <laughs> human nature. <laughs> and at some point, Larks or Walker says, holy shit, you're the guy that caught him, aren't you? Which uh, presumably he already knew. Yeah. Um, caught. And Lane is all Hannibal lectured and being transported and tied up in a straitjacket in the back of this truck. There's a mystery motorcycle person rolling up to this heist. Rolling, uh, rolling, rolling, rolling. And so Ethan's idea is that he's going to save everybody's life by not even doing what the widow's team thinks is going to happen. So widow's team stages a, re- a, a car wreck to divert the convoy. And presumably they're going to kill all the cops is still their plan there. Yeah. Ethan knocks the truck carrying uh, uh, lane into the, the river and dumps all the murderers in the street to be arrested by cops that are in the back of his car, his truck. Um, and we get this cool scene of like Lane taking a big deep breath, which reminds me of Blade Runner 2049 at the end. Do you remember that? Where this kind of same yeah. thing's happening. What a neat shot that, that is where he's kind of strapped to the wall and you see the, the, the water, water kind halfway, of yeah. halfway kind of move up around him. <gasps> oh, it's really neat. And then the water just rushes over him. It's crazy good. It's yeah. crazy good. Yeah. Um, and then he's being cut out underwater all of a sudden. And it's Luther and Benji. Uh, Luther they, and Benji. They they block Lane's tracker that's in his neck mm-hmm. and throw him into a boat. And then Ethan blocks the alley with his truck. It's all part of the plan that it's not quite big enough for the truck. So he like wedges it in there. They climb out through the front window, the windshield, and there's two motorcycles there waiting. I love it. For some reason, Ethan's doesn't start. I don't know if that was Walker or if it just like bad luck. Uh, but his, I like my, in my head canon, it was Walker. It makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know what that does for Walker because, like, he lets Ethan catch up and shit unless he didn't want to. Well, Walker wants to get rid of Ethan. He wants him to be like, framed. He just wants to – he wants him to be framed. He also wants to kill him. Like, he's not – I think you're right that he did that to the bike. He's looking for excuses for Ethan to fuck up and get caught or killed. Yeah. And he knows that if – he knows he can't necessarily do this uh, – it like – Blatantly, because it'll make Solomon mad because it doesn't want the deal. I wanted to get him. Well, at first, to, Solomon does want him to be him. in prison. Like, he wants him to be framed. Mm-hmm. So I think this still would work mm, for sure. Solomon's plans. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been better to have a scene where, like, like you see Ethan, like, find and plug back in the fuel line or something, rather than the fact that it just starts yeah, at he, some point. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a mechanic. I don't know yeah, what. turning he, the key one more time will do it. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't even know, like, <laughs> I'm not a mechanic, so what would be wrong with it that one more try would help you know, I don't know some carburetor or something who, maybe who knows yeah maybe flooded the carb uh, flooded the carb yeah, <laughs> the flux capacitor wasn't at you know I think so full gestation but then the widow team gets <laughs> yeah it's true the widow team gets word that shit is awry word. right uh, and that the fucking score kicks up at such an incredible notch I think this yeah. is the drum snappies that you were talking about yeah uh, Give me the snappy drums. For the motorcycle chase. It's incredible. Like I was pulse pounding. And then they go around like the John Wick 4 Cirque du Mall fucking French thing that's super famous, right? Isn't that what that Arc, is? Uh, Arc de Triomphe. Arc de Triomphe, yeah. 
not the Cirque du Mall. <laughs> All of our French listeners are like, you can't just fucking say words with an all. Oh. Yeah, I can. Uh, and then. Denouement. <laughs> See? Bunch of y'all shit's got mall. Cinema. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> he wrecks his motorcycle big time. Probably should have been wearing a helmet again. Uh, jumps into the boat because he like dives into these bushes, but there's like a hole in the floor. I'm going to get in these bushes. Yeah, it looks like he's just in a bush. And when all the cops rush that area, you're like, uh, what's the plan here? Yeah. But there's a hole cut in the screen and he falls right into the boat. What if it was just Ethan Hunt just in the bush? It's like, ah, oh, you found me. <laughs> Damn it. I really thought I had you. Your vision's based on what you guys saw me. He's just Homer Simpson into the wow. bushes. You guys are really good. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't know if you could see which of these four bushes I was in. Wow. Frenchies are very observant. Vigilant folk, you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vigilant. Uh <laughs> Viva la resistance. <laughs> so uh <laughs> they open the door, they climb out of the boat, they got this whole thing planned out, and then they open the garage door to drive away in their tiny BMW of awesomeness. But there's a cop standing there. And it's like this hilarious Reservoir Dogs thing. You remember when Tim Roth walks into the bathroom with all those drugs and there's two uh, German Shepherds and like four cops in the oh. bathroom with him. He just stops for a second like, fuck. Yeah. It's that moment. Um, and he and Ethan's begging her to just walk away. He can't explain how he's a good guy. She's like, I don't have time. Just please go away. And she's like, no. Uh, <laughs> Do you think he could have gotten her to go down or like stand down? Maybe. I think he could have got. I think he could have said, "Hey, hey, that guy." Really I'm really bad. high up in the uh, uh, American government. I don't know if that would work look, either, though. Look at my face. I'm fucking beautiful. Look at me. Look how hot I am. Look I'm, what I can do. And he starts running, <laughs> and she sees how fucking ferociously fast he is She's with like, his oh, knife hands. Whoa! Look at that. Wow! Look at that guy go. But then, bang! She gets shot by uh, the White Widow's people. Zola wants a word, uh, and Ethan kills them all. Bang! 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 bang. By himself. Just mm-hmm. quick as fuck. Didn't even have his gun out yet. No witnesses. Bang, 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 bang. Everybody's amazing. Even Benji's like, damn. Solomon Lane's like, that's pretty dope. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a gunshot. Um, What's going on? <laughs> he has the bag on, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he goes to the cop and he's like, I'm so sorry here. And he like calls for backup for her and shit. It's a great scene. It's very touching. If you didn't know, Ethan's a good guy. Uh, but then Mystery Motorcycle rolls through all the bodies. Chasing him. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, one of the best lines is Benji looking over at the giant Henry Cavill in the top in the back seat of that tiny car. Was the little car your idea? Well, there's this really funny joke that keeps going on where every time Walker's in the room with someone else, he's like, "Name's Walker." Like he's always trying to introduce himself to the team, and, and they always shut him down immediately. Yeah. Like I, f- I forget what Ilsa said to him before. Like uh, you know. You, noob or something yeah but yeah but benji's reaction was like oh is it your idea to get the tiny car yeah dickhead (laughs) i don't like your mustache sir benji always shits on whoever he can because he's usually the lowest on the totem pole (laughs) he's he's got that vibe but also there's a behind the scenes joke apparently the car was literally very like because luther's ving rams is huge henry cavill's huge and benji's benji's just in the middle like and so at one point henry cavill didn't want to be in the car because he didn't have to. And he chose to run alongside the car back to uh, the camp where they were going to start another take. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to ride in the car back to reset the shot. This is bullshit. I'm just going to run. Yeah. And so Benji was singing the Superman theme song through the window the entire <laughs> run. Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just to fuck with That's it. That's so funny. And a, 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 another thing that endeared me about this is Tom Cruise speaks very highly of Henry Cavill throughout this movie because it's brutal to like, cause he does everything practically and stuff. Mm-hmm. He refuses to, to set anything up if he doesn't have to. Uh, and so at the end during the helicopter scene, Henry Cavill's like, it's dead winter in New Zealand in the mountains. And like, there's a really a helicopters that are open doored and stuff that they're filming in. Yeah. And so it's freezing and it sucks really bad and it takes all day. And he's like, I'd never heard a peep from Henry Cavill. Was like, what a fucking professional. Like, you know, he just speaks very, he doesn't curse actually. He's such a dork about it. He's just like extremely professional. What a darn good fellow. Peas and carrots. <laughs> mystery motorcycle shoots lame it looks like he's dead but she just like grazed his cheek or neck or something like that so ethan unmasks him to see if he's alive and he's like mm, ethan hunt hello uh and then mystery cycle chase it's elsa they yeah, see each luther, other luther walker and uh, uh benji get out of the car you're like this sucks yeah later uh, <laughs> and then so it's ethan and elsa staring at each other and she's trying to shoot at lane so he runs her over it's brutal. It's hard to watch. It's like watching she your parents over fight. His car, yeah. It's like watching your parents fight on Christmas. I, I love it because it, it's this really dramatic scene where they kind of stare at each other, and yeah, he 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 makes the choice to like stop her from killing Lane, and then there's just a beat where, and this is the first thing Lane has said to yeah. Ethan. He's like, "That was Ilfza." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Very interesting. Very interesting. It's good to see you again, Ethan." I just he gives that Hannibal Lecter kind of line on purpose. I think you know. I almost wanted Tom Cruise to do the no shit from Ghost Protocol. <laughs> no that, shit. That's such a good line from Ghost <laughs> Protocol. God, it's the funniest movie by far of the bunch. Uh, but now the gang's back together. Everybody's surrounding uh, um, Lane. They remove the tracker from his neck. We they secretly input another tracker. We find out later. I'm sorry. I don't know what I don't know what these notes mean. Not a terrorist. Doesn't care what people think or feel. It might be in the car or it might be when they get into the, like the, they regroup, oh. regroup where Alec Baldwin is. And they're saying like Lane's just a terrorist. And he was saying like, I get it oh, no, a terrorist is, are like schoolyard bullies just seeking attention. Like, I don't care what normal people think. No, terrorists are, are using fear to change the way people think and feel. I don't care how people think or feel. You know what I mean? That's what he says. Mm-hmm. You're right. Thank you. Uh, you should have killed me, Ethan. You should have killed me. All of what's happening now is the fallout of all of your good intentions. What a great line. It is. That's the title of the movie. Titular fallout. And a killer line. It is. The fallout the of fallout your good of intentions. All your good intentions. Or, or as my dad used to say, very cynical man, died penniless and alone. No good <laughs> deed goes unpunished. <laughs> That's a real quote from my father frequently. Mm. So don't, 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 don't be like him, kids. <laughs> Uh, so he, Ethan meets with the widow and she says, I don't trust your brother. That's why I did shit my own way. Okay. Uh, and she asks about She's like, honestly, I get it. He sucks. He sucks. Family. She literally says something like family, right? What are you going to do? Uh, but she asks about Ilsa and says, my price just went up. Uh, someone killed four of my men today. She wants Ilsa in exchange for the plutonium, mm-hmm. which is all, this is just in retrospect, after finishing the movie, you know, it, this is kind of a bullshit scene to ramp up tension because she works for the CIA. She didn't give a fuck about Elsa, I don't think. Or her men. Well, I think she wants. No, that she wants Elsa because the CIA also wants to to get her. They want the MI6 agent. Why? Why? Well, I think because they're trying to kill their asset and they want to get her off the board. Maybe. That's true. Uh, I mean, uh, Sloan actually talks about it later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think she she specifically is like, we are the ones that wanted her to go after Ilsa. That's the only reason why. Yeah, because why. she works for Sloan, the yeah. White Widow. Yeah. Um, 
And then we see a scene with Ethan meets up with Ilsa after this. And she has to, she tells him how she has to kill Solomon Lane. MI6 has told her, and it's a heartbreaking scene because where we last saw her in Rogue Nation, like, hey, you're free now. You should have stayed out. Why are you doing this? You're free. She's like, we can never be free, right? They they found me and they they won't let me back in the country or any kind of Mm -hmm. having a normal life until I prove my loyalty by killing Solomon Lane. And they told me to be undercover with him for two years, but because I've been undercover with him for two years, they no longer trust me. Yeah. So it's more of the themes from five, which is what this movie's all about is referencing each film. Yep. Uh, and she begs him, don't make me go through you. Um, when does, does she say it here later when he, she, he's like, you should have stayed out and she goes like, you should have come with me. I think it's here. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It feels it is. No, that, that line occurred at the club, right? when he's pretending to be Lark before oh, they met yeah. Widow, I okay. think. When they first meet again and they have a moment to talk. But there's a really cool transition here. The editing's immaculate. It goes to another um, kind of nightmare dream sequence with Lane with his wife, Julia. Uh, and he wakes up asleep in the transport with Walker and Lane. And the widow calls Ethan and he's being watched by Ilsa. Or the widow is being watched by Ilsa. So that's that scene. Uh, and then he's confronted by Secretary Hunley. Um, he's not happy. Ethan wants Benji to be Lane, impersonate Lane, and Ethan, and Benji's like, oh, I don't want to do that at all. And yeah, then Ilsa's trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm gonna how, how are you gonna prevent Ilsa from killing me? I'm figuring that out. Uh, yeah. what do you mean you're figuring that out? And they they're, they're staging this entire fake argument. It's great. Uh it actually got me, even though I've seen the movie before. That's how good it is. Uh and he tells the crew about Ilsa. Hunley says the widow's working with the CIA. That's where we find that out. And then Hunley shows evidence Hunt has snapped it that he is Lark, right? Like mm-hmm. I've received this evidence that you are John Lark. There's this like electronic paper trail that showed that he was paying uh, It's everything that Walker apostles. gave Erica. Yeah. 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 Um and then Hunley wants to take Lane. He's like, look, I can't do this thing. I can't keep making excuses for, for our new, he says, he tells Luther and Benji, it was making excuses for him, your full-time job now? Because they keep kind of backing him up. You weren't there, sir. And and Lane, or not Lane, Hunt begs the secretary to let him do the mission. He doesn't, he refuses. So Hunt pretends to knock him out, is what we think. He knocks him out. Benji suits up as Lane. Uh, and then they leave Walker alone with the real lane and say, keep an eye on him. He immediately turns off the. Um, <laughs> he immediately shows his true colors. Yeah. He just, as soon as they're around the corner, he just turns off the surveillance, walks right in there, unties lane. Uh, and we find out he wrote the words to that fucking manifesto that we heard yeah. w- with Wolf Blitzer at the beginning. He's John Lark. He's John Lark. And Lane wants to stay and finish with Hunt. And he's like, you got to make this so fucking complicated. Like, he's mad at him. Um, We can literally just kill this guy and go about our plan to destroy the world. I I know this is not really Solomon Lane, but when Walker tells him, Hunt's the only friend you've got, it kind of hit me like a Batman and Joker thing. Yeah. Which is why it really hit me when I realized Solomon was killing himself at the end. Mm -hmm. It was like another thing I'm taking from you. Because you fucking enjoy chasing me. Yeah. And now there's nobody for you to be mad at once I'm dead, when all your friends are dead. So good. So good. Um, But it was Benji the whole time. Such a good reveal. Benji got to wear a mask twice. And Hunley's awake. Boom, bitch. It was all a plan to get you to admit to your bullshit by yourself. Hunley would never agree uh, or believe that Hunt is John Lark. Yeah. He smelled that bullshit a mile away. He's ride or die. Ethan yeah. Hunt now. He's the living manifestation of destiny. He's if he hunt. was John Lark, I would become a villain because there's no stopping him. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's highly trained. Uh, He's part of the Hunt Bunch. 
And this whole next scene is literally just endearing you to the secretary right before he dies. Like, welcome to the team, sir. You fucking crushed it, my dude. Can't wait to hang out with you later. He has like a secret handshake with every one of them. Oh, I can't (laughs) believe you're out in the field with 19 kids that depend on you as a single father. That's weird. Way to go. We got one last mission under our belt before your retirement tomorrow, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Erica was on the phone the whole time. So the CIA director knows that Walker's dirty, too. But she uh, it uh, double crosses them and wants to be in charge of the mission. Yeah, she doesn't trust anybody in that room, as, essentially. Because but she, she ruins found out everything that because it's the CIA that's been infiltrated. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, the CIA troops charge in. Lark has one last little, oh, you got us, do you? Before half of the crew turns and shoots the other half because they're the apostles. Lane kind of smirks. Uh, during all this, because he's like, mm, I like the drama. Human nature. That's my w- w- weapon of choice. Dance, puppets, dance. Give me a hula hoop. Mm, that will make Dick so soft. Benji's half mast. <laughs> Give me a hula hoop. Um, See you later, my funny little friend. Erica fucked up. Ilsa's there too. She starts helping them fight off the apostles. Hunley bravely and stupidly. Try like Alec Baldwin trying to fight Henry Cavill is the know, dumbest right? thing I've ever seen, but God love him. Well, I mean, you look at this mountain of a nerdy, beloved, sexy man yes. that is Henry Cavill. Yes. And then Alec Baldwin, who is a 10, does try to attend. Sorry, that's a that's a that's a 30 rock joke. Okay. Listen up, six is a 10 is talking. <laughs> um but yeah, but he's like yeah, he's Alec Baldwin. He's an older guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not ripped. He's a little pudgy. He's yeah. not fat or anything, but he's got like a definite, like, I, I, am, a, I am a 60-year-old man he's body. He's no physical match yeah. for, for Walker slash Henry Cavill, hunk yeah. of man. Let's just be real here. He gets Actually, how old is Alec Baldwin? Uh, curious now. He's probably in his mid-60s. Let's see. He was born in 1958. 58 to 42, uh, 60 to 65, just like I fucking said. Oh, my God. That means he's only like four years older than Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise is born in 62. What a mind fuck that is. I mean, he Isn't was, that insane? He was never Tom Cruise. Alec Baldwin was not Tom Cruise when he was 20. I Well, yeah, that's true. That's like when you find out that now, uh, Stephen Baldwin, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, only seven years apart, age difference, but they play father and son in The Last Crusade. Yeah. It's that type of Hollywood bullshit. Holy. Kiki. This is my son, Indiana. This is my son. I actually I, really stoked to do that chosen episode. I guess <laughs> it's gonna be in December. December <laughs> is that the last crusade? Yes. Yes. The penitent, the penitent man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Walker uh, stabs stabs Hunley, but then uses Luther as a human shield, and fucking Luther is a liability. Man, this dude is always can't get around in trouble. that well, man. He's the he's the computer guy. I'm supposed to be in the van. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do when I'm not in the van. What do I do? Walker escapes, um, and then man down because Hunley's down. Hunley tells Hunt, "Go get him," and then he dies. Go go go, go get Walker. I'm sorry, Mister Secretary. Right, uh, and but Luther tags uh, Hunt too on his way out because he had tagged um, Walker. With a tracker, mm-hmm. and he tracks Hunt too. Like I'm gonna hit you with this shit, so I know where you're at, my dude. And then Team Two comes at Hunt outside. It's the other part of the Apostles. 
Uh, Luther, Benji, and Ilsa are in the van. So Ilsa just hopped with the crew. Love Luther's that. Element. Love that. Yeah. Now I'm comfortable. Uh, Hunt wanders into a funeral while being followed by the apostles or the CIA. doesn't matter. As he says, makes his way up to the roof. How many times has uh, Ethan Hunt in these movies just find himself going, I am so sorry to He's people. He's a polite man. He's a polite man. He, he accidentally walked in through a church ceremony. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he makes his way up to the roof. Why is he running in a circle? Love that joke. Because uh, yeah, he keeps I love having how, it in 2D. Yeah, Benji has it in 2D mode, so he can't tell that Ethan's like going up, up and down stairs and yes. on top of buildings. And like, why love, don't you just turn left on the street? I love that they use the 2D joke like really subtly and then bring it back overtly in a second. Yeah. Oh, I've got it in 2D. Like just, it's so oh, funny. Sorry, I had it. On, I had the screen locked. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't flip when he turned it. Yeah. Uh, it's and it's reminiscent of Benji guiding him in, in Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. On purpose. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. I love it. Yep. Uh, and then we get one of the most famous stunts in the movie because Tom Cruise famously broke his ankle. Mm-hmm. Really cool. When he jumps the roof in the take where he broke his ankle was used. Uh, you can see him limping across the roof yeah. as he pulls himself up. Yeah. And he said uh, he just what was a, dead set on getting past the camera. And then before he screamed in pain and fell over. What a ah, the gumption. Because he. He knew he this just like, shatters I knew this his was ankle. The take. He pulls him because he he's grabbing onto the side of it. He makes a jump, crashes to the side of it, pulls himself up, and then kind of walks off camera. And not only break your ankle, you're still like, oh shit, I still gotta get up here and walk. He's like, I just wanted to make it out of frame because I knew this yeah. was the take. And you can see him limp. Cause yeah, yeah he, he just broke his, his fucking, fucking ankle. ankle. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's a, it's a oft repeated piece of trivia, but it's very impressive. Uh, and it's the whole joke with Benji is like, right, wait, no left. Sorry. And, and I love the comedy of the ladies in the office when yes. Benji's like, Oh, sorry. I had it in 2d and all, they all stand up and he's like, I got to jump out of a fucking window. And then there's a lady that goes, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> And it's then so good. The one woman kind of she sort of pushes the chair towards him. He's like, "Thanks." And yeah, he has to throw the yeah. They're all they all got his back. And I love how they're only hearing his side of the conversation. So he probably looks like a crazy person because he yes. he's looking out the window and then just starts screaming, "I'm jumping out of a window!" <laughs> like, I love oh. the lady that nods. They're yeah. like, "She's like, go on, go. You got it. Hell yeah!" <laughs> uh, but he's almost got Walker, and he finally catches up to him in the elevator. He's hanging on the bottom of this cage elevator plan and then he looks up and walker's just looking at him yeah and he pulls out his gun and you're like oh fuck what's ethan gonna do now but then he's like you can't kill me can you you need to for the plutonium um but he's got a picture of his wife julia he's her guardian angel third movie yeah michelle monaghan he's the one who is assigned by the cia to protect her i guess or whatever uh because he's like i'm her guardian angel so he knows her location and that's, but Ethan still doesn't stop. He chases him all the way up to the roof, but it's too late. Lane and Walker fly away in a chopper. Wah, wah, wah. And we cut to the crew, Ilsa, Luther, Benji, and Hunt discussing the two nuclear bombs. They've got the plan as they know it. Uh, the two bombs are linked together. You have to disarm them at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And so essentially it's a suicide mission. Yeah, if, all, you, if you disarm one, it'll activate the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, they're all probably going to die. On this mission, Luther tells Ilsa the story of his wife. It's like, you didn't watch the third movie. You weren't here till the fifth movie, but... <laughs> Let me catch up to speed. She's a ghost. Taught her myself. Uh, she's good at it. 
Uh, and he's a pretty good Luther. She, <laughs> and she's like, oh, why are you telling me this? It's a cool story, but I mean, we don't have time for this kind of shit right now. Also, Listen, I don't already, like to hear about his ex-girlfriends. I'm already gagging for it. All right, <laughs> I don't need to know how much of a good dude he is. And, she, and, and Luther says, if you care about him, you should walk away. And at that point, Ethan walks in like, what's up? You guys telling her, you tell her to walk away? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I ain't walking away. And immediately, her, I'm coming with you. I'm doing the opposite. I'm mm-hmm. actually inserting myself more into this plan. And Ethan goes, I know. He I'd is. like you to peg me. <laughs> <laughs> and she oh, goes, I'm sorry. I forgot Luther and Benji were here. <laughs> and too. she's like, I know. <laughs> My flute turns into, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so she didn't have the flute. Rifle. No. 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 She does now. (laughs) Lane has a 36-hour delayed transponder placed in there by Luther. That way, if they scanned for a a locating device, they wouldn't notice it because it hasn't kicked in yet. So they can't trust the CIA. We're alone, as usual, guys, in saving the world. Cut to Kashmir. I should have done that with the Rammstein. They lose the signal, so Lane probably finally detected the transponder, but they're over the Nubra River Valley, uh, and the Siachen Glacier is the plant. So they're going to blow up this glacier, which is like the world's biggest natural irrigation system, and basically uh, starve to death a third of the world's population by exploding this glacier, right? Irradiate the world's largest natural irrigation. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's not good. Benji finds a And also that's where the smallpox outbreak is as well. But that was only part of Lane's plan to get his wife there. Yes. He's a fucking genius. Yes. Yes. Uh, Benji finds a flaw in the bombs. And so if you remove the key and cut the fuses at the same time after the countdown starts, you can disarm the undisarmable bombs. But you have to let the countdown start before you can do it. <gasps> yeah, so crazy. Uh, we cut to Lane putting the plutonium in the bombs, uh, and then Lane decides this is where it this is where it ends for me. You guys run, Henry. I love your mustache. It's really really cool. To, <laughs> if I were gonna live another day, I'd probably try to replicate it with this scraggly ass beard. <laughs> but I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I wish I had rocked that before I died. I don't run anymore. I've been, uh, I've been too sedentary. Sedentary. Yeah, I, I, it's so bushed from the chopper flight. Even uh, does anybody want to nap? <laughs> <laughs> crew, the crew hunts for the bombs. Ethan finds Julia, and it's really fucking awkward because she's married to the Hunger Games dude. Uh, oh, Wes Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise when that guy walks yeah. in. Is that? that Wes Bentley? <laughs> I forgot he was in this. Like, Wes, we got a role for you. And he's like, fucking finally, is it cool? And they're like, not really. I mean, you're going to be... You're going to you're gonna cuckold Ethan? You're going to be the... <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a line where it's like, well, if the cuckold is not... It's now the cuckolder. Ethan Cuck. Um, but no, it's a, it's a very heartfelt... We're, we're making fun, but it's a very... Because he's, he's glad that she's happy, you know? Say, are you happy? And she's like, yeah. He's like, dope. And yeah, Wes Bentley's her husband, and he seems like the the nicest dude ever. Like, oh, well, I'll We'll ride you back. I'll drive you back to the the place. You're very clearly lying to me, and you've had sex with my wife, but she seems happy to see you. And I don't want you walking. I'm going to let you guys catch up. (laughs) You better make her come. She's a nice lady. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I love the line, and I'm such a sucker for this shit. Where, because obviously Julia is happy to see him, 
but she's terrified to see him. She knows what that means. Because he does a shitty job, right? Like he has the worst employment ever. So if he's present, then that means all hell's breaking loose. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, he's on vacation. And he says, actually, I'm working. And she's like, fuck. Yeah. I love that moment. Yeah. It's so good. Um, And then they find one of the bombs. The countdown hasn't started yet. It's like hanging up on this antenna. Uh, So they they lower it down. And finally, as they're staring at this bomb, Walker starts the countdown. uh, And then they see Walker walking to his Walker, 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 Walker. They see Lark walking to the chopper. And Ethan's like, I'll get the fucking detonator. You find Lane, find the other bomb. And they're like, how are you going to get the detonator? He's in a fucking helicopter. And he's like, I'll fucking get it. You know, Uh, he's just a man of indomitable will. When he runs away from Julie, he has that final like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm ruining your shit right now. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all my fault. I'm too good at my job. See, he literally, and this is real. Tom Cruise really did this. He j- jumps on this rope and he's, yes, he's like. Uh, yeah, the helicopter takes off and has some sort of like payload that's attached to a rope that's dangling underneath it. He's anchored to it. the helicopter so he won't like die necessarily. But he really climbs that rope mm-hmm. and then he really falls to the bag. Yeah. Which, which he, is a long drop. They He hit it way too hard and the stunt people on uh, the copter to chopper thought he broke his back. Because he like hit it so hard. And they were yeah. Like, that was not the plan. He was really overselling that. And then he did it like four more times because he didn't like the take. Uh, it's wild. And keep in mind, he's flying I mean, this that- helicopter and shit. He's acting like Ethan Hunt, too. Mm-hmm. And he's camera operator on the on the helicopter. Yeah. Because no one else can control it. Mm-hmm. So he's acting, flying the helicopter and operating the camera. This movie is basically one big test run for uh, uh, Maverick. Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Top Gun. After flying this chopper, he was like, oh, shit, I got an idea. I can do that with planes. And I, I know how to fly. I have a plane. Yeah. I don't even have to practice that shit. I'm fucking fire at that. But no, that shot specifically of him falling from the helicopter down the rope and hitting the the big whatever the. I what, payload. The, what was the payload? What even was that? It's like a bunch of sheets and stuff for hospitals, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't have to make I that mean, up. that is one of the most job dropping, like gasping things I've ever seen in a movie. And the coolest thing is they think about this shit on the fly. So like Christopher McQuarrie was flying in a helicopter around New Zealand because he knew that's where they wanted to shoot it. And he's just trying to figure out cool shit to do. And he looks over. And he sees a helicopter with a payload like that dangling take off. And he goes, oh, fuck. What if Ethan was like hanging from that? Writes it down, writes it into the movie. Like the the stunt came first. They wrote the movie around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's fascinating. And like, do you think he pitches that stuff to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise? 100%. They text, you should fucking kill me, bro. No, no, no. (laughs) Tom is usually the one that's all about it. And then Chris. Can it also be on fire, guy? (laughs) And then McHugh McHugh has to figure out a way to actually do it and shoot it, right? Um, That's why they keep doing these movies together. They're they're, they're simpatico with their craziness. Uh, and people say, and I will say this too, like, like I heard in the, uh, in the special features, like people think Tom Cruise is insane and like reckless. He's like the safest he's, guy yeah, in the, the world. Exact opposite. He like, like plans these things to the, like the infinite minutia. They uh, literally spend years practicing these things. Yes. It's insane. And they bring around all of the world's like eminent experts in whatever they're doing, helicopter pilots or, or skydivers and make sure everything is uh, up and up. Um, yeah, he's not cutting quarters with any of this And stuff I love the does. shot when he like, cause he misses the rope 
You should catch that when he's yeah. jumping on the helicopter. He like tries twice and gets it on the third time. And you know that like they were like, I like that. take. It was really Tom Cruise just missing the rope. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I like that take. It looks gritty. It looks real. It looks like I'm really trying. You know what I mean? And yeah. I agree. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And that, that's something we talked about in the first movie specifically. Like the series isn't afraid to make the, the hero look just vulnerable enough like in the first movie specifically like he was making silly faces when the wind was blowing in his face right right and it's more realistic and it grounds the action a lot more and i appreciate that about these movies agreed uh so ethan he falls on the helicopter on the payload and climbs back up it at this point julia shows up to luther where he's trying to prep the bomb for disarming uh and everybody else is like get her away from there and he's like where's she gonna go you know, <laughs> which is did Ving Rames is walking. <laughs> Very good point. Right. He's like a fucking nuclear bomb. Yeah. I, li- I like hanging out with her. What are we going to do? Ethan reclimbs the helicopter and uh, and <sighs> regaining control of the helicopter is so crazy because he kills the two guys, including the pilot and the camera's in there with them and it's careening. And it's like, I, I don't do good with planes and helicopters. So like, it's very uncomfortable for me to watch. Yeah. Because if you've ever been like in a, in like a crop duster type plane, which you very have been, if you've been, yeah, they're very unstable feeling. Yes. It feels like you should not be flying. And I can't, I've never been like in a fall apart at any moment. I've never been in a helicopter, but I imagine I would fucking hate it for that reason. And one spanning like that is like, Oh God, I've been in a couple of helicopters and, uh, they're definitely safer than the crop duster. They feel more stable. Yeah. Yeah. Not when they're spinning. We also have that big thing on your, they put the headsets on so you can like talk to people that like you feel less that lonely. microphone that like is actually touches your lips. Yeah. Um, so you can't really hear, I mean, you can hear it, but I mean, it's not as like scary as if you'd had your headphones off. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. So it's a little comforting. Sure. In that Play regard. some music, maybe some Rammstein. I mean, you're in a helicopter. You got to play Fortunate Son by Credence. That's true. Wrong one. That is the helicopter song, yeah. isn't it? So where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? I know Julia says it's cool to hang out. She's helping Luther disarm the bomb. Yes. Because he's got those, he's got some big thumbs and he can't, he, he needs the de- more delicate hands. It's to a two man job. I'm glad she showed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and what a fucking oh, oh he realizes that the, the payload is weighing him down and uh he has no comms with his team and he doesn't actually it's not super good at flying a helicopter he doesn't know how like the character doesn't know how really yeah he's like this is power and this is it's, pitch. it's luther that knows how to fly right yeah oh uh, well, it was declan and it was declan uh, and uh, billy jean renault before that and John Renault before that, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, know if we have our nose helicopter to, yeah. pilot, yeah, yeah. Because when he gets in, they're like, "You know, why are you flying a helicopter?" And he's like, nah, "Don't worry about it. I'm figuring it out." But luckily, there's a button on his little thingy that says "payload." Phew, that's easy. Um, and I love there's a, there's another moment. It's dumb as shit. I love it. Where not that it's dumb as shit, but it's dumb as shit. How much I love it. Uh, <laughs> we're like distinction. I forget what happens, but Julia is being like really snippy to Luther about something like. Cause it's obvious. And then Ilsa's like, Ooh, I like her. You know what I mean? It's just a little moment where she can hear what Julia sang through Luther's headset. Um, 
It's just a cool moment. Girl power. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. competition there. Yeah. I like her. I like her. Uh, and then Walker sees Ethan and he's like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. How is he bitch. in that helicopter behind him? That was just my friend. Yeah. It's really cool. How'd he get in there? So he grabs this huge fucking gun and it turns into Top Gun where it's like this uh, aerial sequence of warfare. Um, the other team's still looking for the other bomb. Julia and Luther are working on theirs. Ilsa and Benji split up. Um, Benji thinks it's in these like suitcases and boxes, but Ilsa sees Lane and she's like, Ooh, I bet I know what that motherfucker's doing. I'm doing hula hoops. Ah, you like this? I bet you don't. And Benji, (laughs) (laughs) Benji almost shoots the lock on one of the suitcases and he's like, wait, nuclear bomb. Uh, but turns out the radiation reading he was getting was just because it's an x-ray machine. Yeah. Ilsa finds the bomb in the cabin, but Lane knocks her out with a stick. Uh, whole stick. I don't know why he doesn't kill her. He would have won if he didn't, if he did. Uh, there's a, more chopper fights. I wanted to just talk to her Bond villain style for a little bit. I have to. Have to. I've got this voice. Uh, there's more chopper fights, and uh, Walker's so scared of Ethan at this point. He's like, this crazy son of a bitch trying to ram us, right? Uh, and then Benji's out looking for Ilsa and the bomb. Ilsa's tied up near the bomb with Lane. All of this takes place in four minutes or so, because that's where the countdown is. Uh, Lane's plan is that Ethan is gone when everyone blows up, which is what I talked about earlier. Lane ends up putting a beating on Benji and hanging yeah. him. Ilsa busts out. I thought and Benji might die in this scene. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. Ilsa flex and busts out to fight Lane. And then there's a helicopter crash during their fight. There's, a, there's this great like back and forth scene where he goes to hang Benji. So yeah. Benji's hanged from the ceiling and then it becomes this I love when scene. she slides the box under his feet so he can get a breath. Yeah, she's trying to fight off Lane but also save Benji. So yeah, she kicks in a box under his feet so he can breathe a little. She she tosses him a bottle, like a broken bottle with a sharp edge that he can try to cut himself. But he could have stabbed Lane with it. Yeah, like it in order to me. save her... He 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 kind of gets rid of it and loses his box at the same time. So he starts strangling himself again, and it's just this really great, you know, source of tension and high stakes action. Just yes. trying to save Benji, the balance of mm-hmm. it all. And then she's choking Lane out while watching Benji choke. Yeah, and she's trying to like get him unconscious before Benji dies. Yeah, uh, it's very very stressful, especially because you love all of these characters so much. Uh, but the, the choppers crash into each other and they fucking fly into pieces and they flip over end over end over end. And then one's hanging off the fucking cliff and there's this little hook on one chopper. It's crazy. It kind of reminds me of, uh, the RV scene from the lost world Jurassic park. (laughs) Yeah. Almost as good. Almost. Uh, Luther looks at Julia and says, go be with your husband, which is really cool. Like yeah. there's nothing else you can do here. You got like three minutes to hang out with him if we don't do this, which yeah. we probably won't. Um, what does she tell him? Like, hey, hi, Wes Bentley. Um, I know I was mad because you didn't flush your shit this morning. Not mad anymore. Not mad anymore. We don't have to talk um, about it. Like I said, we would. Can we just? Can we just cuddle? <laughs> just, just a nice little cuddle. He's like, ah. Oh, I was going to finish Parks and Rec's finale. <laughs> Don't think you You, should. You don't need to do that. (laughs) You really don't need to do that, honey. I'm doing you a favor. No, there's the pandemic, uh, you know, reunion episode. I wanted to see if I have to watch this first. That one's over Zoom. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Luther's giving Benji instructions on how to disarm the bomb. Lane's tied up, like hogtied watching. Like, you can't do anything. I told you it's pointless. Untie me. You all suck. Or peg me. And they're like, what? What? I'm just saying. Or 
giving out options here. We only have minutes to live. Who's going to tell? <laughs> Ethan sees know. Walker and the detonator. And Walker was like sprayed by fucking acid at some point or whatever that is from the helicopter. Yeah, there's some like fuel line or something that got busted that was scolding hot and it got all over his Now face. he's two-faced. Like two-faced. Uh, there's four minutes left. His Still the mustache is, is oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's just even in glorious. that state, glorious. Glorious. His face is all melted. They have a fight for the detonator. Um, a fight to the death. At one point, we get a Mission Impossible 2 reference because he has to climb the wall. And Walker gets chopper hooked to the face. That's how he dies. A really great death. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I love how they're they're on the, the cable that the hook's on. And like you said, Ethan's like, wait, I, I rock climb all the time for funsies. That's what I do on vacation. So he starts climbing the rock. And so uh, Walker starts to imitate him. And then to, uh, Ethan realizes, oh, I can just pull this cable and the hook will fly down. Not, I mean, the, the helicopters has been weighing this hook, but if me, Ethan Hunt, gives it one more little tug. Yeah, it's, it's like it's on its way to falling anyway. He just hurries it up, I yeah, feel like. like. Yeah, get out of here. But yeah, like, I love that shot of Walker looking up and he sees the hook and then it goes like right into his head and just yanks him off the it reminds side me of, of the, uh, the, the mountain. Emilio Estevez, the way he oh, dies. With the elevator? Yeah. Squish face? Because he like, gets to see it right before it happens, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he dies in a gruesome way that he deserves. And then they argue, uh, Luther can remember they get, they have no way to communicate. So it's Luther and Benji arguing, should we cut it on two? Should we cut it on one? Yeah. And Cause either way, like they have to cut this and pray that Ethan gets his, if he side didn't of- remove the key from the detonator, it's pointless. It's just going to make it blow up anyway. Yeah. But so they just have to like trust that Ethan has done it. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't go on two, if they went on two instead of one, they would have exploded the bomb because Ethan needed every second. And so Luther's like, let's just go on two. It's cutting a little too close. Don't you think? And Benji's like, that's a whole other second. We'll never get back. Yeah. And then Ilsa's like, can we fucking decide, please? And then he's like, we're doing it on one, which is the one thing that saves them because two would have killed everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as they cut the fuses, the screen goes all white, I think. Yeah, to make you think like, oh. And the way that it comes into focus with the horizon light on Ethan, it looks like a mushroom cloud kind of for a second. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. But no, Ethan got the detonator. You see that he has it in his hand. He's just looking at the sunset. And it's in his mouth. sunrise, whichever one it is. Yeah. The plutonium falls out of the bombs. Huzzah! And Solomon Lane is a sad boy. Uh. This is so... I guess it's back to making toilet wine in prison again. Ethan is in this hospital-ish area. Erica found him, which is how he got back without the choppers. Uh, The CIA brought him back. Julia and Ethan finally get this like four movie long reunion and and closure to their relationship. There's lots of tears. Uh, Ilsa says something to Julia, but we don't know what. Yeah. Did you catch that? No, I think it's supposed to be a mystery. Because even in the subtitles, it says inaudible. I know. So, like, it's the, it's their version of... What if of, she's uh, like, what's his dick game like? <laughs> <laughs> and Julia just nods. Yes. Very. He's into pegging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lane is handed back to the MI6. So I think there's some kind of character arc there that I appreciate with Ilsa not killing him. But she still fulfills her duty to the English government. Um, Angela Bassett gives a great speech. About how pe- we need we need the IMF people mm-hmm. like Ethan who care about one life just as much as millions. Yeah. Um, and then somebody says, "How close were we?" And <laughs> about the or Tom's like about the usual about the usual. Dun, oh. dun, 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 which well, means at the last second. 
Yeah, someone starts laughing. Like, what was the joke? Like, does Ilsa say a, some sort of joke and he starts laughing and his ribs are broken? So he's like, please don't make me yeah. laugh. And that's how the movie ends. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Such a good movie. Great movie. Excellent so, movie. So, Steve. Love it. We started this at the beginning. I told you where I'm at. Two, one, four, three, five, six. It's where I'm at. What are you thinking? 100% agree. All right. Yeah. But not even close. Like, you don't have the same Rogue Nation love making you feel a little icky about oh, it that's, at all. Well, that's the thing. Like, I love I know all you love movies. Rogue Nation. I love Rogue Nation. Like I said, Rogue Nation is like when they finally got the recipe right. And I think this one, they got the recipe right and put some uh, whipped cream and cherry on top of it. Ooh. Yeah. Like, oh, even better. Mm. Steak with whipped cream and cherries. Yeah. Can't go wrong. this movie is like incredible um best score the team's all there it's just missing brant um i love you get two great villains Mm. in a movie where usually only get maybe an okay villain a villain sandwich and then you get the addition of like vanessa kirby as the white widow which is like a really fun character and it's also like i said the most beautiful mission impossible movie like this is at least up to this point, maybe Dead, Dead Reckoning will change this. But at this point, this is the movie that gets every single Mission Impossible criteria 100% right. Cast is there. Acting's there. The cinematography's there. Editing's there. Music's there. The stunts are there. It's perfect. I love it. I agree with you. This is one of the best action movies ever made and a goddamn joy to talk about with you. I can't believe we're watching the seventh one tonight. Very fucking exciting. As you all listen to it, it'll be tonight. So in two days, tune in with us so we talk about uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this streaming things. By the way, I meant Kit Laser. Happy streaming. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>